This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. During some of the battles that took place in Israel that sometimes went into their brain, hey, maybe I can go and ask Syria for help. Well, that, that's, man, that's like going to the world to get over your problems, to deal with your problems. Oh, I, I, I know, I, I can go down to Egypt and they'll help me. Maybe I need to fix this thing the world's way and maybe that'll take care of it. But beloved, every time we see that, man, a lot of turmoil comes. Bad things happen. What happens when a nation forsakes its heritage? Well, when it comes to the nation of Judah in the book of Amos, the result is judgment. Even though Judah was privileged and given the law and the prophets, and they were God's own special people, they still rejected what they had been given. As we join Pastor David today, we will see the result of Judah's rejection and the parallels that can be drawn to our own nation. What do we risk in this nation by rejecting our Christian heritage? Let's join Pastor David in the book of Amos, chapter 1, verse 9, for today's study. Tyre for years had been in, in great relationship with, with the combined kingdom. If you remember, Hiram of Tyre was the one that helped David get these great cedars to build his house. And then he also helped later with bringing equipment and, and uh, uh, resources for the building of the temple. Again, that came out of Tyre, this, this great harbor there. It's also of the uh, people of Phoenicia. And for the most part, they had been friendly with the combined kingdom. But once they split, there was a breaking of relationship there. And he says, because they delivered up the whole captivity again to Edom. Edom had this real hatred toward Israel. And every time that these surrounding nations had a chance, they would take them and literally support Edom against Israel. He says, they delivered up the whole captivity of Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. That's that relationship that David had with Hiram, the king of Tyre, and all of that area of Phoenicia. So again, both David and Solomon had this great relationship. He says, but I will send a fire where? What does it say? Upon the wall of Tyre. So again, they're not going to have any protection. And when you don't have any protection... Against the enemy, guess what happens? You get spanked. You, you get beat. Your protection is gone. You have no defense. You see, that's why it's so important for you and I, and we'll get into this a little bit later, for you and I, as we walk in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord, to know that we are under that covering, because that covering of the Lord becomes protection in our life and when we start walking in disobedience we're walking out of that covering and oh hey man look how great life is oh everything's wonderful i'm succeeding i'm prospering but there's absolutely no spiritual protection in your life at that point in time that's why you need to be under that covering you need to walk in obedience i'm going to send fire on the wall of tyre which shall devour its palaces Now he moves on in verse 11, again, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not turn away its 
punishment. And again, Edom is located to the far southeast of, of Judah. Let me bring that again so you can see it right there, okay? See it down at the very bottom of the map, way down there. So that's the kingdom of Edom. And Israel has had problems with Edom ever since they left Egypt and tried to go through that area, and they wouldn't let them pass through. Always, always has been a problem. Any time that Israel as a combined kingdom were, were under any kind of attack, Edom would always side with the enemy of Israel. Whoever was against Israel, Edom was on their side, okay? Even though the, that country or those people might be also the enemy of Edom, at that point in time, they became their allies and worked with them against Israel. So he says, because he pursued his brother with the sword. And again, they're, they're related. Esau and Jacob. Jacob, Israel, the, the, the tribes coming from him. Esau, again, that, that division. Now, we know the story how Jacob and Esau, they kind of, they kind of made things okay with each other. But I believe that from generation that led to generation that led to generation, there was a bitterness that came. Because they saw God's blessing on the family of Jacob, and Esau didn't quite get it. If, if you look at the land that Edom has, if you've ever looked at it on like a, a geographical map or Google Earth or something like that, you look over at Edom, it's all brown, okay? It's just flat out brown. There's, there's nothing there. It is desert. It is a waste area. And it's interesting when you look at those aerial photos, over here is Israel, and right now it's all night green and plush and beautiful. And here's Edom, just brown and ugly. Well, that's because, again, they weren't under the blessing of God because of their own rebellious hearts. He says, because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity, all pity, his anger tore perpetually. In other words, there was, there was no appeasing any anger. So from generation to generation to generation, that anger, that hatred for all things Israel remained there. And he kept his wrath forever. And I will send a fire upon Teman. Now this is interesting. Teman is the, the capital of Edom. So it's not just the walls. I'm not just going to burn your walls down. I'm going to burn your city down which shall devour the palaces of Bozrah. One one more, well, a couple more here. Uh, verse 13, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the people of Ammon, and for four I will not turn away its punishment. Ammon is located about central and to the, to the west. Ammon today is, do you know what country that might be today? Jordan. As a matter of fact, their their capital is pronounced a little bit different, but it's spelled the same, Ammon or, or Amon, Jordan. Okay, so it's the same country, the same area today. Listen to what the Lord says: because they ripped open the women with child in Gilead. You see, Gilead was right across the river, the Jordan River there, and as they would attack, one of the most vicious and vile things that I think any enemy could do is they would find, literally, they would look for the pregnant women and just in order to just totally annihilate the, the emotions of the people, they would go and they would literally rip open 
pregnant women, and I know this is gross, but then they would grab the baby and then kill the baby even at that point in time. That's how vicious that was. They they learned that actually from, I believe, the Assyrians because that's how gross the Assyrians were too. But that's not all. He says, uh, they turned, uh, let me, uh, they ripped open the women with child and Gilead that they might enlarge their territory. They were enlarging their territory by moving west toward what is known as the West Bank area. And it's interesting. That's where the push and the press is right now, even in Israel. Now today, Jordan is a pseudo friend of Israel. At least they have a sort of relationship. You can actually drive from Israel into uh, Jordan, from Jordan into Israel. You can go back and forth. But believe me, it's it's all political. It is all just for the dollar. It is, it's, it, believe me, they, it's, there's no love relationship there between Jordan and Israel at all. They want to enlarge their territory. And the only way that they're going to enlarge their territory, again, is as they push into Israel. It says they, they, I, but I will, verse 14, God says, I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah. And I will devour its palaces amid shouting in the day of battle and a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. Their king shall go into captivity. He and his princes together, says the Lord. And again, one of the things we know about uh, Ammon is that as Assyria came down and tried to take, after they took Israel and they came down and tried to take Judah, they actually took Ammon. They took those neighbors around them. So Ammon, again, was taken by the Assyrians at that point in time. Their king shall go into captivity, he and his princes together. So chapter 2 now. For three transgressions now of Moab. Moab and for four, I will not turn away its punishments. He says, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. Well, now, wait a minute. I, I thought that Edom was a bad guy. So isn't Moab taking out the king of Edom a good thing? One of the things you're going to know as you read the Bible, uh, sometimes God will judge his own people, and he'll use other people to do it. But if in their doing it, and if they're coming in and, uh, again, warring against, if they come in overly vicious, if they come in overly vile and with showing no pity and no mercy, God said, no, 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 that's much more than what I designed. I didn't design that. That's the, that's the grossness and the sinfulness of your own heart, and you're going to be punished for that. I used you to discipline them, but you went over the top. And again, that's kind of to our conversation with Linda and Bob that, you know, one of the problems with corporal punishment or spanking a child is many times people just go over the top and they they, they actually uh, cause severe physical damage to children and as well as emotional and mental. So, you know, again, this is, this is the deal here. It's over the top. And God says, I'm, I'm not going to put up with that. And when it says that uh, he, he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime, that doesn't mean that he had the bones of the king of Edom and caught him on fire and let him burn until he turned to lime. Actually, what he did is he took the body of the king of Edom and threw him in a lime pit. Any of you guys ever work with lime? It burns the skin. 
And in that lime pit, it literally just dissolved him. Okay, it's gross, and I know, but this is the Old Testament. You know, we understand that. Uh, we move on. Okay. Because of that, I will, set, I will send a fire upon Moab, and it will devour the palaces of Kiriath. Moab shall die, not peacefully. Moab will die with tumult, with shouting and trumpet sound. I will cut off the judge from its midst, and I will slay all its princes within him, says the Lord. Okay, wow. So that's all the neighbors around Israel and Judah. The main countries that, again, had been there for years, that they had battled with through the years. Some they had actually had good agreements with for years. Gaza, even for a while, Judah and the Philistines, Israel and the Philistines, they actually kind of got along together. During David's reign, uh, they finally made peace as David realized, hey, don't mess with us. We'll come and take you over. So they had this pseudo-peace going there, but then once the kingdom divided, uh, the Philistines figured they had a chance to go in and cause some more problems there. Uh, Tyre, again, had been friendly with uh, the, the combined kingdom, the United Kingdom, until they broke up, and then again they broke free. The ones on the east side, they were never friendly. Damascus was never friendly. Syria was never friendly. Um, Amman was never friendly. Moab was never friendly. Edom was never friendly. And it's interesting to see during some of the battles that took place in Israel that sometimes went into their brain, hey, maybe I can go and ask Syria for help. Well, that, that's, man, that's like going to the world to get over your problems, to deal with your problems. Oh, I, I, I know, I, I can go down to Egypt and they'll help me. Well, maybe I need to fix this thing the world's way and maybe that'll take care of it. Well, beloved, every time we see that, man, a lot of turmoil comes. Bad things happen when that happens. So God is bringing this judgment through the prophet Amos declaring, well, he's not, a, he's non-prophet, sorry, through uh, the, the fig picker shepherd Amos to these nations. But now he's going to step in a little bit stronger. And in verse four of chapter two, he says, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah. Okay, now, wait a minute, Judah, isn't that the ones they, they still had the temple. I mean, they still had all the good worship going. They had some good things going for them, didn't they? Well, listen to what he says. For three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Because they've despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. Were they, is it saying that they were vicious? No. Did, did Judah go in and, and rip open pregnant women? No. Did Judah go and, and mistreat other people? No. But the punishment that's coming on Judah is because they've despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. You see, Judah had the law. They had the promises. They had the prophets. They had the blessings of God. And God said, and yet you've disdained that. You knew what to be true, and yet you turned away from that. And I think it's kind of interesting when we look at this, and this in God's eyes, as I see the punishment for these nations, these Gentile nations who didn't have the law. This is the first mention of the law here in, in, in the book of Amos. For those nations that didn't have the law, God says, I'm going to punish you. 
because of the vileness of your acts. But then he comes to Judah. He says, I'm going to punish you because you've been blessed so much and you've simply despised it. You've walked away. I, again, look at our country and I think, wow. I, I know we're not Israel, okay? I understand. America is not Israel. But America has been blessed by God so, so, so much. And we continue to turn our backs on him. We continue to raise our fist in the air against him. We continue to despise his law. A nation that was founded on his law. I had hoped to take a trip to D.C. while I was back with my daughter back in New England, but we didn't get there. I was going to come back with a lot of pictures for you so that you could see, but some of you that have been there, you know that you cannot deny it. You you walk all over D.C. It's plastered everywhere that this is a nation under God, that it was founded on the principles of God's word. It was founded on the on the on the very attributes of, of Judeo-Christian uh, lifestyles and, and morals and structures. And the law, the law is there. God's word has been there from its very foundation. And I know that not every founding father was, was a Christian. I know that not every founding father was perfect in all of his ways. I understand that. But I also know that the overall structure of the foundation of this nation was based on God's word. And year by year, decade by decade, now we're trying to rip that page out and rip that page out and rip that page out. They want us to remove all of this from all of the public buildings. That would be job security for somebody back in D.C. Because it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Not only scripture quotes, not only acclamations about God Almighty and His persevering power and, 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 and the way He prospered. But even quotes of some of the early fathers of our nation. They're everywhere. And we've turned against it. It says in verse, well, the end of verse 4, He says, Their lies led them astray. Lies which their fathers followed. I look at the lies that come out of our political system, out of our judicial system, out of uh, any kind of government authorities, all kinds of things that say, oh, but that's not who we were. That's not who they By the way, division of church and state, got to make sure that that's not church. You know, absolutely twisting and turning uh, the words, the intent of the words to their own favor. Let me ask you this, church. Why does man not want God in his life? Just think about that for a moment. Why does man not want God in his life? If they had a chance to disavow that there even is a God, then you know what? I don't have to answer to him. I, I, I don't have to answer to anybody. If there is no God, but if there is a God, and if, if, if his word really is true, then that means that the lifestyle that I live, the life choices that I make, it could be offensive to him. 
And if it's offensive to him, and he is who he says he is within his word, then suddenly I am found under that same kind of judgment that Amos is speaking to all of these nations, and yes, even to Judah. The thing is, is we're all guilty of that, aren't we? We are all guilty of that. But praise God. God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believed in him should not perish, but have that everlasting life. That Christ took upon himself the wages of our own sin. That when we turn to him, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, the word says that we'll be saved. And being saved means that our sin is forgiven and that God will restore us. Otherwise, the judgment of God, the very wrath of God comes down. We, we sang that song this last Sunday, uh, in Christ alone. My hope is found. And on and on the words go. Um, on one phrase in that song, speaking about on Christ, on Christ, the wrath of God was satisfied. Now we look at that, I look at that and I think, absolutely, the wrath of God was satisfied. Do you know that there is one Christian church that is saying, you know what, we're not going to put that song in our hymnal. Unless you change that word. Unless you change it to the love of God was magnified rather than the wrath of God was satisfied. Because we don't believe the wrath of God. That's Presbyterian Church USA. Okay. Their new hymnal that they're getting. Uh, it's a big, big uh, hoobaloo right now. Because, beloved, according to God's word, I see no. The wrath of God was poured out upon his son, the wrath that was going to be poured out on me because I'm a transgressor of his law, because I know his law. Not only has he placed it within my heart, even even at birth, at creation, we, we have that knowledge of God within our lives, but even through the years as we we hear it in this nation, we hear it everywhere. And if we don't want to hear it, some of these stupid churches even put it up on billboards so you can't even miss it when you're driving along. It's right there. God's love for you. Christ died for you. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see this. I'm... But we can't avoid it because God's truth continues to come. And we either accept it and humble ourselves before it or we, even as Judah, we despise the law of God and turn from it. He says, I'm going to send a fire upon Judah, and I will devour the palaces of Jerusalem. You realize what happened when the Assyrians never made it to Judah. Well, they made it, but they didn't destroy Jerusalem. It was the Babylonians that came in later. I think it was 586 B.C. When they came in, you know what they did? They burned Jerusalem. They burned it. They they. Totally, absolutely destroyed it. What, what, what a thing it is when God declares these things uh, almost 200 years prior to it happening, and then boom, there it is. It's fulfilled. But here is who Amos really is speaking to, and we'll see this through the rest of the passage here. Verse 6 says, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel. Now, this is the northern kingdom. For three transgressions of Israel, and for four I will not turn away its punishment. 
because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. One of the laws of God to the Jewish people was, you don't enslave your brothers. You, you can, you can, you can bring other people into that kind of captivity, work off a debt or whatever, but you don't enslave your brothers. Well, here we see, no, they're actually doing that with anyone and everyone. And instead of having pity and care for the poor, it says you're selling the poor for a pair of sandals. From the book of Hosea to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, the 12 minor prophets are rich with important prophecies, some pertaining to things that have already happened and some pertaining to things that are yet to come. Join us as Pastor David teaches through these books verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's TheOpenWord.com. Although The Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Make sure and check out our Facebook page, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.